0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to be answering a plethora of different questions about personal branding and kind of keep this train going. If you have uh, not listened to the previous like seven to 10 episodes, they've all been about building and growing your following and monetizing your personal brand. And we have another bunch of questions about this. So, um, We're going to tackle a few of them at least and see where this episode takes us. I have a bit of time right now to record, so I'm excited to pop into it. All right, the first question comes from Bryn, and Bryn asks, how do you come up with creative content ideas that keep subscribers engaged? So the funniest thing about this is I'm kind of doing it right now (laughs) where you can literally just ask your followers what they want to see. Um, I have plenty of friends that do this. I do it. Uh, and it, it just kind of like keeps everything in motion because you're literally delivering to your subscribers exactly what they're asking you. And another quote I like to kind of live my channel by is the it's by um, Tim Ferriss. He said it in one of his podcasts. I heard it, it really resonated with me. And I think I'll share it here. So, you know, when, when you make a piece of content, you really don't need to try to please your entire audience. You only need to excite like rapidly excite 10% of them or less so for example this question I'm answering right now was asked by one person her name is Bryn now Bryn is not an alien this question is obviously some there's other people who are wondering this question maybe not my entire audience but at least a few people are listening to this being like holy shit like this this is the exact question I wanted to ask Arlen so rather than making you know a blanket podcast about you know how to be how to grow your personal brand better. Step one, post more content. Step two, talk to the camera with a smile on your face. Step three, collaborate with other creators. <laughs> like, although those are those are all good pieces of advice. It's like the the metaphor here is like do what I'm doing in a sense to your own content. And Bryn had a second part of her question, which was how to differentiate yourself on YouTube with so many content creators in this day and age? Well, I have I have a a, a a deep perspective on this. The first one is you're already you, and there's eight billion people on the planet, and there's only one you. So even if you literally copied sentence for sentence, like aesthetic by aesthetic of some other YouTuber, it would literally you couldn't copy someone completely if you tried because you're you. There's no way you could, I mean, I guess you could put on like a, you could drink a poly juice potion or get some Hollywood makeup done and, you know, completely copy someone. But by like, you know, getting their makeup done and everything, you know, full bodysuit, whatever. But the point is like, you are one of one. So no matter what you say on your channel, it's already different because it's you. So it's not like, how do I differentiate? It's like, you are already different. So the question is kind of flawed to begin with, like you you saying anything on camera makes it different. <laughs> the only way you can not be different is if you post nothing because there's so many people out there that are posting nothing. So just start by opening your mouth and posting something and that makes you different because you are different to begin with. So that uh, uh, that that's like part one of the answer. Um, another part of the answer, like I guess, kind of combining these, like how do you come up with original slash creative content ideas? Well, one way to do it is just like, um, you know, making a list of all of your favorite content creators and then clicking at the most popular or at least make, maybe making a playlist of your favorite videos. And then honestly, not copying, but at least trying to model yourself after them. So, you know, for example, I really like uh, Casey Neistat posted a video I really liked recently and it inspired me to at least start thinking about. Making a video similar to one that he made. You know, it's, it's kind of had this family tone. It uh, told multiple stories from the past. And then it led into even promoting his brother's channel. So, you know, I, I obviously don't have a brother, an older brother, a crazy story like that, but I could tell a story. Like, let's say, for example, one day my dad wants to start a channel. <laughs> I could make a video like that and, you know, plug my dad's stuff. Um, I actually kind of did that recently in a certain way and it was pretty fulfilling as well. So, Um, that could be something that I could do, but the point is, you know, I can, I can make a list of all these content creators. I really like make a video list of all the videos that I find, um, you know, really resonate with me, pull out the elements that, that hit that click with me. And then, um, and then I can not copy, but model after there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, everyone takes inspiration from somewhere. So, um, you know, I, I would, I would think about that now another place you can start and this is, um, this is probably the more pure advice. Well, definitely is the more pure advice is to spend a lot more time in nature, spend a lot more time in meditation, you know, working out, taking care of your your chakras as we pass a store called Chakra Temple. <laughs> I, I'm actually driving as you as I record this. Um, but the, uh, the, the the idea is like you spend time in nature. And you simply, this it, just, it sounds funny, but you simply just get inspired by nature. I mean, I, ideas will just come to you purely from climbing a hill, or like going on a walk in the forest, or walking down the beach. You know, the, the ideas will just flow to you because nature just seems to have that quality to it. So, spend time in nature, look at people that you, know, you admire, and then at, at the start of this all, we're kind of leading with like, you are unique to begin with, so um, just really open your mouth about anything and it's, it's better than nothing. So my next question is, uh, coming from, let's see, this one's going to come from Lex and Lex asks, what are the best ways to separate the business side of your content and your personal life when they are so interconnected? Yeah. So I definitely have learned throughout my time on YouTube, the, uh, the the negatives of <laughs> the negatives of uh, putting your your personal life on the internet. Um, I mean, there can be pros and cons to it. I would say, as a rule of thumb, you know, if, if you're talking about personal life in regard to relationship, I would say if you aren't if you aren't dating for you know a social media like centered purpose, like if you really like like if you're dating and you're putting each other in your videos, you have to be upfront and know like what's going on. Um, and if that's not clear, then, you know, things can get muddy. But, um, it, you know, I, the other route to take is just to completely separate them. And that's kind of a decision that I've really made in uh, my life since something kind of blew up in my face when I tried to do it sort of the other way. Um, and so, you know, I probably won't put a girl in my videos unless I've been dating her for at least two you know, six to nine months to 12 months, um, you know, the last time I tried it and I met the girl on it, she was in my video almost immediately. It was just like, wow, it it just was, it was, it was very, um, it, it was alarming to see the turn of events that took place, I guess is the best way to put it. So my recommendation is to just, you know, keep your relationship life separated at least until you, you know, are, um, at least until you're prepared to um, commit to someone for more of a long term. Uh, but if you really don't know someone that well, it's probably best to keep that the emotional side out of it. Okay. Next question comes from Vanessa: How to deal with jealous people or any hate and still put out content there because you love to do it? So for this one, I would say, um, you know, I actually have I feel as though I've done a pretty good job of. Not attracting a lot of hate to my channel. Uh, I've definitely had a few hater comments. I had a actually a recent situation that was like kind of uh you pretty unique to the exact situation that I was in. That ended up it actually kind of solved itself, and um, it made me. I'm reading this book right now called Anti-Fragility uh, by Nassim Taleb, and it's about Uh, the concept of fragile so the basic idea is like what is what does fragile mean it means you know delicate easily breakable and if it's broken it's like it's worthless well he then he asked the reader like kind of in the start of the book what is the opposite what is the exact opposite of fragile and if you think about it for a little bit you might come up with words like robust or um, unbreakable or you know strong right but those words aren't really the reverse. They just mean that they're hard to break. And the the only correct word for fragile is antifragile, which basically means the more that you shake something up, the more that you uh, try to like tear something down and like damage it, it actually gets stronger. So, with uh, that's something that I learned recently. Like I had some um, not haters, but just like uh, just people who just I would just say confused people Um, and they were trying to like almost sabotage my my channel my business my brand in a way and it just made me really look at my brand and myself and my content and the systems that I had in place and it was turbulent at the time but then I just turned everything around and made everything a hundred times stronger so that's how I kind of view hate Um, I look at it as an opportunity to just really objectively look at yourself and why this hate is happening in the first place. Um, And not that you have to do everything to avoid hate. I think you should have some haters else you're doing something wrong. Um, But to some extent, you you can take it, you can look at it and be like, okay, how can I completely reverse this? Let's say, for example, you're getting hated on because you live a luxurious lifestyle to some extent and your haters are just saying you're very materialistic and all you care about is money, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, maybe shoot a few videos where you go completely off into like I don't know on on like a road trip or something in like a really low budget car and you kind of have to like live I don't know maybe maybe it's like a part of your channel you just like decide to get a normal job and just see what that's like for a little bit and you know completely humble yourself Um, or maybe you you know you just go back home and spend time with family it's actually something that I did recently Um, just before moving out to the hills I filmed like four or five videos at my mom and dad's place, you know, nothing fancy, just hanging out with mom and dad. And, and like, it's very real. It's very relatable. It's vulnerable. And, you know, so for me, like if, if I were trying to defend myself by people saying like, oh, Arlen's just materialistic now, it's like, well, now I, I mean, look, I, I go home, I hang out with my parents. Like it's okay to have nice things, but obviously stay grounded to your roots. Um, now there's also another like category of comments that are just completely stupid And for these comments, I I like to imagine that, you know, I don't even imagine it's just the truth. Like, if the general population is represented on social media, you have to realize if you walk around New York City or LA, you're gonna see some crazy people. You're gonna see some disturbed, very broken, torn people. And if you really understand that those people also have a smartphone, those people could be watching your videos and they could be leaving comments on your videos. Now, do you want to argue with that person? Like in real life, if that person came up to you and said, you know, some mean things about you or your, you know, your voice or like what you look like, would you take that person seriously in any way whatsoever? Absolutely not. That person is insane. And you have absolutely no reason to communicate with that person any further. But on the Internet, everyone is just hiding behind a username. And no matter how stupid that username is, it's a lot easier to take that criticism to heart. So next time, you know, you, you get a comment and it triggers you, just look at it and just remember this person could be on drugs. <laughs> this person could have a very difficult life and probably does if they're leaving a negative comment. So that's my um, that's that's how I would handle that that jealousy hate comment. It's just a very, very low vibration energy from a very, very torn and broken person. Okay. Next question comes from Nicole, and Nicole asks, "How much planning and spontaneity goes into making successful YouTube videos?" So, there's a uh, there's like different levels to it, really, uh, Nicole. I think, in general, I like to follow a three act narrative story structure, which um, actually, uh, like, so so the way you can understand it, it's it's pretty simple. Act one is just introducing. The scene, the setting, the characters, and the time period. Act two is now that you know the setting, the scene, and every everyone involved. It introduces a conflict. A conflict is usually between people. Um, it's not usually some like affliction or you know disease or something like that. It's usually between people or uh, you know a, a person, a, a single person's journey to um, to success and. And, uh, the, you know, to get there, they have to overcome certain obstacles. Usually there's like a villain involved or something like that. The, then after, at the end of Act 2, there's the climax. So there's rising action and, you know, everything's building up toward this climactic moment. Which, you know, is, is a good place to kind of start off your story, by the way. That's the last part of the story I kind of didn't include was the hook. So at the beginning of your story, you can sort of lead in and grab the reader or the viewer's attention with some kind of high action that happens later. Uh, or you can have a high action beginning, um, but you know you'll see YouTubers do this all the time, where they'll like start off their video with like a few seconds of what looks like the mo- the craziest part of the uh, of the video. So anyway, so you get up to the climax, and then after the climax goes into the Act Three or the resolution, and this is kind of just wrapping up the story. There's usually some kind of lesson or some some kind of not even lesson or moral, but at least just a a. a Like a a moment where you give the viewer time to think or the listener time to think. And the the listener, you know, is then left with, like, some... They've just watched the story. Now they're left to process it and take some lesson out of it. Uh, Last night, I just finished an older movie. Um, I watched, actually, two films last night. One of them was called Chinatown. It was with Jack Nicholson. And uh, in this film, it was pretty cool because... I've seen a bunch of Jack Nicholson films, but I've never really seen him in a role like this. If you've never seen a Jack Nicholson film, I'd recommend starting with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And then the next one is um, The Shining, which is a you know a horror film, but also really, really good. Um, and this film, Chinatown, was great. And at the end of it, though, I was just really shocked. I was left shocked, and I still honestly haven't processed it. I don't want to say it was traumatizing, but it was definitely... It was, it was definitely uh, heavy because the character development over the story, like, it really got you to care about the people involved. And by the end of it, there was, it was just this shocking ending that was, it really left me like, I, I definitely need to think about it, <laughs> you know? It's, it's one of these films where you can just you probably watch it again. And, you know, you, it, obviously the director, the person who wrote the story, really wanted the viewer to question something in life. And that's how your story should leave people, you know, like you're really trying to evoke some sort of change in someone and make them really question how they're living their life or question their decisions. So that's how uh, that, that's how I think about like storytelling. And obviously in a, you know, a feature film, there's years of planning. There's years of, of even like writing the story. And for a YouTube video, you can do a similar process. But at the same time, there's a completely different approach to it as well, which is one that I've taken for a while, which is this kind of documentary style where, yeah, I kind of have a general act one, act two, act three planned out in my mind. But for like day to day videos, you kind of are just filming everything. And then the story emerges afterward. So it's kind of like it's like after storytelling or after planning where, yeah, you, you know, you you can um, you can like film your day. You can like plan it to some extent, but at the end of the day, you know you don't really know what story you're telling or what message you're telling until you actually think about what happened to you itself. Because your day kind of is a story, right? And you can plan as much as you want, but unexpected things are going to happen. And um, if, if you're really documenting it truthfully, like you don't know the story until afterward. So it really just depends on what style channel you're building. Uh, obviously the other like the other side of this is um is you know planning sit down videos, which can definitely I think lead more on the planning side uh, if if you're doing collaborations or videos with other people, I think a lot of spontaneity can be good and just allowing the conversation to flow and then editing it down afterward. I did this actually recently with um one of my friends her name is Sabrina and we filmed this this like law of attraction manifestation video which came out. It came out pretty funny, but I didn't really know it was gonna be funny until afterward. Like, I, I kind of had a, a thought that it was gonna be funny, but then, you know, only upon editing it did I realize that, okay, this this is just this is a funny video. This is this has to be a funny video, and I'm probably gonna release the full version of it. It's just gonna be like an hour, but uh, it's definitely mostly a funny video. Um, so so yeah, uh, there's there's different like extents to your question, Nicole. Uh, I hope that I kind of answered it thoroughly enough. And Nicole's actually, actually everyone in this who's asking these questions is in my mentoring program, which if you'd like to join, you can go to mindsetdesign.com slash mentoring call. And you can hop on a call to see if you would be a good fit to join my personal branding and uh, business coaching mastermind program. So next question here is, um, how do you deal with, your boyfriend not wanting to be in your everyday vlogs. Um, how do you make lifestyle everyday vlogs without including such a big part of your life? Well, I think uh, this kind of goes almost on a deeper level. It's like in a relationship, you know, you have your own life. You are still your own person. And just because you're in a committed relationship and maybe your boyfriend doesn't want to be in videos, that doesn't mean that you know, you have no content. I mean, you still have your own life. And if you don't, you should probably fill it with things to do. And this is kind of one of the reasons I think, um, you know, for example, my friend Maggie is in this situation. She has, a, she has a boyfriend who just isn't a, a camera person. And I don't think she really wants him to be. Um, you know, she, she's okay with it. But she is a very kind of like um, individualistic person. You know, she she likes to do things on her own. And she has a very complete and full life on her own as I think everyone in a relationship should. So well, I would just like look at your life and be like, okay, well, if you feel like he's such a big part of your life that you don't have other content to do, well, just look at, you know, what other things can you bring into your life that are just for you? What, like what you time can you bring in there? Maybe it's adding a, an exercise class or having a, a like a, a friend date or something like that. Or maybe you get some friends that are interested in making content that you can film with. Um, maybe you have like I don't know I mean look at people like Casey Neistat Casey Neistat if you have never watched him or heard of him his wife like literally hates being on camera and he puts her in the video still sometimes but you can tell like she does not like fake it she just looks miserable every time he puts the camera on her and um you know he's been doing this for years so I would just definitely check out some of his videos but at the same time you look at his life and you're like, oh, this guy just has so much going for him on his own. Like, if, if his wife left him, you wouldn't even know. Because, I mean, you'd probably know. He'd probably be really upset about it. But if, if like, they did end up separating, his videos would actually be pretty much the same. You know? And he he probably couldn't have a... This, this is going to sound bad. But he probably couldn't have a, like a, a less motivated second person in his videos than his wife. She's really just... And I I don't even think they would be offended if they heard me say that. Like she's really just kind of not miserable in the videos, but she just doesn't like the camera, it seems, at least from a viewer's perspective. (laughs) Cool. All right, next part is, how do you keep lifestyle content not always repetitive and how to differentiate yourself from others within the same niche or similar content? Yeah, so this is a a really great question uh, coming from Ashley. Ashley, um, so I think uh, I was actually looking at Emma Chamberlain recently (laughs) Uh, it's funny I actually will from time to time watch her videos because she is such a great storyteller and and content creator and she was even she was talking about this she's like guys my life is becoming Groundhog Day these videos are so repetitive I'm doing the same thing every day and I don't know what you want me to do and she's very upfront about it and it was funny though she made this really interesting insight where she was like and you know what guys I know what the answer to this problem is the answer to this problem is that I do something like plan a road trip. But the problem is, I start thinking about planning a road trip and then I get depressed and then I can't plan the road trip because it's just too much effort because then I have to pack the car and I have to make the trips and I have to find someone to go with. And it's this whole process. And then you listen to that and you're like, "Oh wow, that that anecdote right there, like her just describing how she's feeling and her thought process going through it, that's valuable." Like that I got something out of that. I was like, "Oh, That's kind of that's kind of funny. That's really relatable. Like, I definitely relate to being caught in this loop of feeling like life is repetitive. And then when you do know, like what the answer is, you just realize like, oh, but that that's a lot of effort. Like, I got to do all these things. So then you just stay in this repetitive loop. So I guess the point is, like, yeah, you know, lifestyle content is going to be repetitive, but you have to find the little nuances and be completely vulnerable with yourself and your audience in order to pull out the gems that end up being, you know, really valuable like that one. Um, and at the same time too, you know, realize like a lot of TV shows, a lot of like life in general is repetitive. Uh, but, but people keep coming back because again, it's kind of like the first answer that I, that I gave on this, this particular podcast to, um, uh, to Bryn, Like you're a unique person and every single moment in the universe is different. There's no two moments that are the exact same. You know, like the universe is always expanding, particles are always vibrating. So you, in every moment that you turn the camera on, you're gonna capture something different without even trying. It might seem repetitive on the surface, but on a micro level, like it is different, no matter what you're doing, it is different. So you can just pick up the camera and start filming, even if you have the same schedule every single day, And your mood will be slightly different. Your, you know, just like energy on camera will be slightly different. So everything, even if it seems repetitive, it's not. So I would just move that out of your head and don't let that prevent you from filming more. Because you might find that in those days that you think are gonna be repetitive again, that the most interesting thing happens. I mean, remember, the universe is variable to change and it's always changing. And so, you know, you just filming daily you know things are going to happen There could be another wave of 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 a pandemic there could be uh like so many different things can happen in your life right uh that that are out of your control so just continue documenting and that's it i hope that this podcast was motivating to you know crash some limiting beliefs and you know help you guys to start creating more and going out there and you know chasing after it and that's it so That's it for this podcast. I'm going to sign off here. I'm going to go um, grab some gifts for some friends who are visiting. And there is a homeless person with a blanket on their head. Looks a little disturbed, I think. Shoeless. Um, And that's it. All right. Have a great rest of your day. And bye.